What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Views from the Sideline podcast. I'm joined again by Daniel and Mitch, who has probably been on the past three podcasts now. Um, so he, he's really been showing up a lot and helping us out. Um, we kind of got a shorter podcast for today, but there are some things that we kind of want to discuss. And we will be doing like a rapid fire at the end of the podcast with Mitch, just like we did with Daniel last time. So uh, just kind of in news, Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns head coach, um, he signed a longer term deal with the Suns. So he got extended. And that's just another player on the list of Phoenix Suns, along with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton from last week, who've kind of uh, come back to the team. So how do you think that this impacts the, the Suns? I think it's great because, I mean, obviously, Monty Williams brought him to the finals. So um, he's been a good coach. And then, you know, when he came, the Phoenix Suns were like a dying franchise and, you know, they weren't doing good at all. Um, yeah. And I think I think he started coaching during the bubble season. Um, so, I mean, obviously having that good run at the end of the bubble season where they won like all the games in the bubble, but then make the playoffs. Um and then making the finals. And then this year may be a little bit disappointing, but again, they don't have a lot of experience in the playoffs. Like Devin Booker, like crazy to think that he's it's, he's only had two playoffs in his entire career. So, I mean, it's it's another good addition. Like they're, I think they're re-signing a lot of players. So if they keep the same roster, I think that they'll do great. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, when you look at a guy who brought a 19-win team to an NBA Finals, he's a, what is he, two-time coach of the year at this point? I mean, it's it's pretty much a no-brainer. I mean, this is a guy who pretty much built up the franchise to what it is now, and you can only assume that things are going to keep going at, a, at this trajectory, and I you could probably see a championship in his future if he keeps managing things the way that he has been. And it's already incredible what he's done, and I think he um, – He's probably a fan favorite for that. So, like I said, I think it was a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it's just keeping – if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, I mean, yeah, the Suns had a disappointing loss in Game 7, second round, but they made the finals the year before that. And, I mean, who's to say that next year they won't be back in the finals again if not winning a championship? Because uh, they've been a very successful regular season team. They've also got it done in the postseason. So I think that, you know, keeping everything together like they've done, you know, not letting DeAndre Ayton just go to Indiana at such a young age, keeping Monty Williams, having Devin Booker locked up, CP3 there, kind of having all their surrounding like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. I think just keeping everything together has just been smart for them because they've seen what this team can do. And it's not like anybody on the team is like eight. Like they're all very young outside of Chris Paul. Devin Booker's really like 26. DeAndre Ayton's 22. Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. They're all very young players, so it's not like they need to suddenly break up uh, at so early um, since the team is brought together. Yeah, and then, I mean, this and the West will be so competitive next year with the Warriors, and then hopefully the Lakers get back into shape. And then, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, in the NBA, the teams are much more balanced. There's no, like, one team that kind of like stands out as the super team. And there's like, there's like multiple really good teams nowadays. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, speaking of really good teams, I mean, the SBs happened a couple of nights ago and, you know, obviously not, no, no, but nobody from other teams other than the Warriors won it, won some awards, but 
you know, you had Steph Curry winning best NBA player and he was the host of the show himself. And then for best NBA player, the nominees were Curry and B, Jokic and Doncic. So um, in my opinion, Curry did deserve to win that. And then Jean Morant was a nominee for best breakthrough athlete, but did not win. Klay Thompson obviously won best comeback athlete with his two and a half year comeback with his ACL injury and his Achilles injury. And then um, obviously with Steph Curry passing a three-point record, that was best record-breaking performance. So what do y'all kind of think about the SBs? I mean, with the Warriors, like their whole comeback story in the last like two years. It's pretty nice. I mean, I don't really watch the SBs, like kind of just see who wins at the end. I haven't really ever cared much about the SBs, but it's definitely good that the Warriors got some of the credit they deserve for just, it was an incredible season overall, like from Steph breaking the three point record, Clay Thompson coming back, averaging like 17 points per game at one point, And then obviously winning the title, beating the Celtics, you know, all that stuff was really good. So I'm just glad that they got the recognition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that maybe the one I was a little surprised about, I mean, Steph Curry's three point record was exceptional, but I think of the other, of like of the other um, nominees, I also did like Allison Felix, like with her 11th Olympic medal. I feel like that was also something that might have been or could have been recognized, but I don't know. I mean, that's one thing about that three point record, though, is that who knows if that's necessarily going to be passed anytime soon. So I guess you have to look at something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's going to really pass it. And because James Harden is like the current player closest, and James Harden is not, I don't think he's going to pass it. Um, yeah, and Curry's so, still playing, so yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's gonna make the same gap, maybe even bigger, depending on who shoots better. And they're the same age, so um, but yeah, with Allison Felix, I mean, there were so many really big record breaking, like Steph Curry, Allison Felix, and there was like, um, the other one was, was Tom like, Brady, yeah, Tom um, Brady with passing yeah, yards, but I feel like that's one that's going to be overtaken sooner rather than later. And then there was, the other one was Jocelyn Alo breaks Lauren Chamberlain's record for most home runs in Division One history softball. Yeah, I never really watched the SBs until this year, but it, one, I mean, I think I think it was kind of funny. I mean, I th- I think the whole entire show was kind of staged, obviously, but I think the part that was funny was where Draymond Green came out with <laughs> with his podcast, oh, and, and, yeah, in the middle, and <laughs> he was saying how like he's live from LA with like who have like seven professional teams and the Clippers. So he was making a joke about the Clippers. <laughs> so that would championship next year. That would be hilarious, though. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Like, they, like there would be so many videos on the internet where it would be like a before and after, like the before of Draymond Green saying that the Clippers weren't like a true professional team, and then after when the Clippers actually win the championship. That'd be funny. Um, but I think a really big thing that I noticed, um, Bleacher Report actually posted something very interesting yesterday. So it was a potential five-team trade. So five-team trade would mean it would be humongous. So the whole trade is kind of revolved and centered around Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, and Russell Westbrook, although all, there would also be a lot of r- decent players that will be moved around, like a lot of good role players. Um, so, I mean, I'll just I'll talk about the trade, and then we'll obviously talk, give our thoughts on it because it's a humongous trade. So... The Lakers would receive Kyrie Irving, Patrick Beverly, and Dario Saric. So it would be like, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then Patrick Beverly, Kyrie Irving joining the team, which would be really cool. 
Um, Utah receives Russell Westbrook, Quentin Grimes, who's from the Knicks, Cam Reddish, Yvonne Fournier, so all those guys from the Knicks, and then Jay Crowder from the Suns, Landry Shamit from the Suns, and five first-round picks. So it'll be three from the Knicks and one from the Lakers and the Suns. Then Brooklyn receives Mikhail Bridges, Talon Horton-Tucker, Cameron Payne, five first-round picks, three from Phoenix, and then one from the Lakers and the Knicks. The Suns would end up receiving Kevin Durant and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And the Knicks would end up receiving Donovan Mitchell and Cam Thomas. So, I mean, at the end, you would have what we all thought would happen. You would have Kyrie going to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook would be going to the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. And then Kevin Durant would go end up in Phoenix. Honestly, it's really tough to, to think about. That's like, okay, here's the thing. That would be like literally the biggest trade in NBA history if that yeah. happened, first of all. Because, because you, you would have like four all-stars or even five all-stars like being traded away i mean like if katie donovan mitchell russell westbrook and kyrie irving are yeah in one trade <laughs> like I, I don't even know that, that's kind of really insane to think about that's league breaking that, that's that's like you're seeing a whole new league pretty much after that yeah yeah it's all one mean, it's not like like free agency moves it's literally one it's one trade yeah <laughs> i mean I mean, I don't know, because the Suns would technically be trading away Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Payne, so that Jay Crowder. So they'll be trading like first round picks, though. They got they gotta give up like five first round picks. Yeah, they'll give away four total in the entire trade. So they would give away Darius Arge, who is injured with his ACL injury. Then you would have, you know, you give away two of your starting forwards and your um, backup point guard for technically Kevin Durant would go. But you would be getting Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's also a forward. The Knicks would be receiving Dolan Mitchell and Cam Thomas, although they would be trading away Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, and Yvonne Fournier. But I think the Knicks would be fine with that because Dolan Mitchell and, and Cam Thomas actually was good. So, But I think I the Lakers and the, and the Suns are the clear winners here because the Lakers would have Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly as depth because Patrick Beverly is a pretty good player. And then... The Suns would have a big three of CP3, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, as, as that and, and and DeAndre Ayton too. So that's and John, yeah, not even yet. So that's like and, the Suns and yeah, be and um and yeah, and um what's his name, bro? Um, it's it's like the forward. He went to UNC Cameron. Um, Kevin Johnson. No, it was like Cameron Johnson. Yeah, yeah, the guy in the Suns. Yeah. yeah so they would have him too. So the Sun, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I mean the, La- the, the yeah, the Lakers would still be a retirement home though, because they're gonna have Kyrie Irving's old, Patrick Beverly's old. So I don't know. It is surprising that they managed to come up with something that actually, for the most part, benefits almost all teams involved. And like, I don't really know, like, what do you guys think is necessarily the percentage that something like this would actually happen based on how, like, realistic it could be? Like, I don't know. Well, I don't think it's, it's, it's interesting to see it on paper in front of you and you can kind of work through it in your head. But you also have to think about, you know, actually gonna from happen. the perspective of an NBA GM. Yeah. I mean... For me, it's like the the only the main problem with this trade is what they kind of did is like 
they took every team that has like uncertainty around them, like an all-star player. So like Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, Katie in the Nets, Kyrie in the Nets, Russell Westbrook in the Lakers. And they're like, all right, let's just try and put them all into one trade. That'll kind of work. So I feel like they did it for the sake of doing it. I suppose. Video game. What? It's like a video game trade. It's like a two, it's like a two K trade. Yeah. But imagine like LeBron was like the GM and made all of this just to get Kyrie. <laughs> like I think I think more realistic would just be like, oh hey, the Lakers and Nets want to do a Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook swap, and they add in like the Knicks or someone to send picks or or send some players so that the salaries match. It, that the, then you add it, but then you have five teams. Wait, five teams. Four. Yeah, five. Wait, how's it five? Lakers, Jazz, Knicks. It is five. Jazz. Nets. Oh, and Suns. Oh, wow. But the Suns like would could, get... Yeah. No, go ahead. Like you could break it up. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like, you could have the Knicks and the Jazz just do the trade for Mitchell, and, like, the Knicks would just send them a bunch of first... Like, you don't need the Suns to send three... Like, you don't need the Suns to send first-round picks to the to the Jazz in this trade. Like, you would just have... But I think, but I think with the Jazz... With, I think the Jazz with Russell Westbrook, like, you got... Westbrook, Grimes, Reddish, Fernier, Crowder, like that is a solid rebuilding team. That maybe it's not. I don't think they would be like worst team in the NBA, like rebuilding. They would actually be a decent team. Like imagine you would have Russell Westbrook. I mean, I'm not going to say starting lineup because you don't know about Donovan Mitchell. But if we if we say that Mitchell's going to be traded, you're going to have Mitchell and Gobert gone. So you're not going to be a playoff team probably. And Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook, they're not going to be a playoff team. Um, but, you know, Evan Fournier is a great – he did great in New York. You know, Cam Reddish did come in late um, to New York, but um, Jay Crowder and Noah Shaman are both great. So they can definitely revolve. And I, I don't remember who's on – oh, they have Jordan Clarkson on the Jazz too. So um, I definitely think that the Jazz would have a decent team. It's always weird looking at trades like this from yeah. you know, me being an NFL fan. It's like these first round picks being thrown around like yeah. popcorn, you know? And it's like, you, you still have to think that even though they're like not nearly as valuable, these still could become like, it's going to be weird that some, if something like this goes down, if you look at it in like 2027, be like, all right, let's look at all the players that those picks became. And then, you can finally get like we already kind of do this with trades that happened several years ago but like you know just seeing what these players became and then being like all right look at how lopsided this became based on how the picks panned out like if they could end up you know if utah ends up using those 2023 first round picks wisely those 2025 pick wisely they could end up with you know at least two even if they hit on one of them yeah that'd be cool and like and like here's the thing Right, the Lakers are sending out they're sending out two picks. They'd send one to the Jazz, send it to the Nets. And honestly, like I think one of them would be like 2027, 20, 20. If you're gonna send out a pick that's like five years from now, LeBron is not gonna be playing in five years. Anthony Davis might have left in free agency. Like I would bet on the Lakers not being that good in five years. And so honestly, those first round picks that the teams are getting are a lot more valuable to me. Um than they I guess Bleacher Report kind of makes it out to seem because I don't think the Lakers are gonna be like a contending team. In five years from now, I think they're going to have no picks. They're going to be kind of in this weird place where LeBron is gone. Anthony Davis like doesn't know if he wants to stay. But I feel like I I feel like they're in a place right now that like LeBron is going to retire in the next what maybe three four years, and he wants a ring. I mean I don't know if he wants a ring, but he he, let's just say he wants a ring. Like 
I think Ky- it, it would be similar to like the 2017 Cavs. You have Kyrie Irving, you got LeBron, and then Anthony Davis who kind of replaced Kevin Love. And then you would have like Patrick Beverly in there. Sarge, I think Sarge would be good coming back from injury. And then you still have, you know, your all those other guys. Actually, they don't have a weak monk anymore. They might get Carmelo back. So it's kind of questionable on the Lakers if they have like if they have like Irving, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, then everybody else is like bad. But I don't know. Let's yeah. be real here. LeBron's future is dependent on what Bronny does. Yeah, honestly, yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. If Bronny gets drafted by like like the Cavs or something, he's going to the Cavs. We already know. That would be cool if Ronnie and LeBron played. That would be or Ronnie and like Patrick Beverly. That would be funny. <laughs> Patrick Beverly was like his mentor and that coaches him on what to the do. The thing is, like, imagine like Ronnie, let's say Ronnie gets drafted like not first round, like second round pick or something, and he goes to, like, let's say like the Bucks or something. Would LeBron have to go team up with Giannis just to play with him? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no. Draft to the Raptors. Come on, man. It's just like, like <laughs> What if Bronny gets drafted to a contending team? Like, is LeBron just going to go there? Imagine he gets drafted to the Warriors and then LeBron goes with Curry. But then they would trade I, away, like, they would trade away, like, Ant, like uh, Andrew Wiggins, like, like James Wiseman. Like, they trade away, like, everybody. Yeah. It's hmm. interesting. That and Bryce. I wonder if he waits for Bryce, too. Because I've, I've watched <laughs> no. highlights. I've watched highlights. He's just going to keep having kids, and he's going to be playing for the next 10 years. He's be like, I want to play with my next son. Well, Bryce is like... Yeah, you know, like I'll play with my grandson, you know? <laughs> Bryce is a sophomore. He's just going to be a while, I think. Yeah, unless, he gets dra- unless he gets drafted out of high school, but uh, I don't know. He's already almost, like, better than Bronny. I've been... I've low-key been watching highlights of Bryce James and that kid is already like 6'5". He's throwing down dunks like almost yeah. like he, he looks better than Bronny. Yeah, I mean, well, Bronny yeah, Bronny played well in his last couple of games. He's so. been playing pretty well recently at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just mad that the Raptors aren't in this trade at all. <laughs> it always is exciting to be like to get one of these trades and you're like oh what do, what do you get what do you get it's like i it's always just like seeing the bleach report things pop up it's like oh what is yeah. like you know what, what am i getting what is it who's leaving what's i don't know it's, it's like sometimes the nba trade deadlines can be like christmas morning i mean okay if this let's say maybe not this exact but if like a five team trade like this happened I would just go insane, like like that would be that would be breaking, like that might be the biggest, like arguably the biggest trade ever in in sports. I don't even know, just with the amount of like players at a high level that are being moved around, like I, I think that would be just absolutely insane. If if this does happen, that this next season is just going to be one of the craziest ever. Um, yeah, that's what I. I don't. What, what if like none of this happens and we just get hyped for nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's nice like, to yeah hypothesize you yeah but it's, it's not going to happen right away it's gonna it, it, it's it's not i mean like like, like kevin durant like, they might not happen during the summer it might happen like right before the season starts or maybe happy you know like i saw all these players just like just like go to the bench and don't play <laughs> and wait for the trade to happen Uh, but yeah, I think I think we talked about good enough about that. I think we'll move on to the rapid fire. Um, 
so obviously Akermidge, you are in charge of the rapid fire questions. It's me. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for Mitch. I think this time. So. Okay. Do Mitch, it for Mitch. Work. The format is we're just gonna I'm just gonna ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions, like various NBA related stuff, as I, and you're just gonna answer them. You can give like a short explanation, but not nothing too crazy. Just, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be rapid. All right. So all right. I gotta ask first question. Um. All right, give me a sec. I got to I got to think. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Detroit Pistons or Charlotte Hornets, which one has the brighter future? Oh, God. I'm, I have to go with my Pistons. I'm, I'm looking at Jaden Ivey, Jalen <laughs> Duran. I'm looking at, you know, um, oh, God, I'm forgetting the name of their forward that they just re-signed to a three-year deal. Marvin Regardless. Bagley. Yes, Marvin Bagley. You know, I'm looking at Cade Cunningham. I something has to happen with that there's that's too much talent you know that's going to be I'm, I'm 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 optimistic here that's too much talent to go <laughs> all right uh cade cunningham or Jaden ivy which one would you keep if you had to only keep one which one would you keep i know we haven't seen much of Jaden ivy but... oh gosh i mean i think cade cunningham is a more well-rounded player i mean to look at the comparisons to a guy like luka Doncic, i mean that's a guy who could be a triple double machine in the future based on you know, his size and his ability to both rebound, his passing ability has shown flashes of being an all-star level passer. And I think he's only developing and he's just on the cusp of what he's capable of as a scorer. All right. Steph, Luca, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. Rank those five players from best to worst right now. You're giving out hard questions. <laughs> I mean, um, I would say Steph, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and then Luca, and then Luca. I would say, but in a few few years that could change. I mean, Luca's Luca's unreal. All right, who is going to be at the top of the East by the end of next season? Not definitely not the Raptors. First of all, let's say what? No, no. So mean. Forget who's in the. In these conferences, I don't follow the conferences. Miami, the Toronto, the, Philly, Tor- Toronto Raptors, Brooklyn, the Celtics. We'll get KD. Celtics. I think Celtics keep keep their keep their momentum. All right, same question, but for the West. Are the Suns in that mix? Yep. Yes, Suns. Suns. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather have Jokic or Embiid right now? Jokic or Embiid right now. Jokic. All right. If you had to add one player to the Detroit Pistons right now to create a championship contender, who would you add? Gosh, I mean, it would probably have to be. I would say like a guy like. Give me Jokic. I mean, give me give me a dominant give me a dominant center. We need someone who's going to be pretty much of actually. I mean, think about it. Like, I, I need someone who's going to – I need another defense, like someone who's defensive. Give me a guy like Rudy Gobert. Why not? Rudy Gobert? Give me Rudy Gobert. Oh, no. I need, a, I need a lockdown defensive presence in the middle. All right. Um, God, I've like the <laughs> <laughs> uh, How many 
Are the Lakers going to be over or under the sixth seed next year in the West? I think they keep their nose dive and they're going to be under. All right. <laughs> okay, let's say, okay, let's say this. If they get Kyrie, Westbrook's gone. Westbrook's on the Nets or like whatever. Maybe he's on the Jazz. They have Kyrie, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Do you think they can get top three seed? I think Kyrie's a big up, upgrade. So, and I think if Kyrie, you know, still shows flashes and he still has performances like he did last year with the Nets dropping 60 points in like a game at some point, and he's, I think he's more of a, you know, elite scorer than Westbrook probably ever really has been. So I'm going to say that 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 could definitely propel them. All right. Who's one player that always seems to get on your nerves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, always seems to get on my nerves. Hmm. I know the answer. You know, because he always destroys your team when he plays you or, like, whatever, just to, for any reason, really. <sighs> Can it – I for some reason he's retired Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my head. Is that more of his playing ability or because of what he said? Um, because of what he said, and I've heard that he recently runs like he just breeds like um, he breeds French bulldogs like he. I don't know. He has like a puppy mill for French bulldogs, and he sells them for like ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs> Wait, I want to answer that question. Joel, right. Joel and Beef. Joel and Beef. Why can you destroy your Raptors? Yeah, <laughs> but Ken- Kendrick Perkins is so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's your Who's your favorite player in the league? Favorite player in the league. Um. Well, I would say it would probably be, I mean, exclusively from my Pistons, Cade, but from about all the NBA, I would say, um, gosh, probably a guy like Jaw. I love watching Jaw. I love those high-flying players like that. All right, well, kind of speaking of Jaw, Jaw Morant, Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, who has the brightest future? I like Jason Tatum, in all honesty, from that. Yes, I like Jason too. <laughs> I thought Ja. It's weird. I like watching Ja, but I don't. Because Ja's like the same age as Zion. I think Tatum's a little older. So I think Ja, and Ja's already like so good. So like, I don't know. It's weird how nobody picks Zion, right? I feel like I just, I mean, it's hard to think of Zion when it's like, you know, I haven't feel like I've seen him on the court in so long, and I need to see. I haven't seen him play at his best in the NBA yet. That's partially why. Mm-hmm. That I feel like I haven't seen his best in the NBA. Uh, Paolo, Chet, or Jabari? Who's going to win Rookie of the Year? Who's most likely to win Rookie of the Year? Bruh. Paolo of those three. All right. Yes, I agree that's, with that. That's what I said. Jaden Ivey or Killian Hayes? Uh, not Killian Hayes. What, what's his name? Who did they take his draft? Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. Keegan, Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivey, who's going to have the better rookie year? I think Keegan Murray's going to surprise people, but I still, I still think Jaden Ivey is going to be yeah. going to come out of those two. Who's the most underrated player in the league for you? Underrated player in the league. These are so, these are so hard. It's, it's, it's so general. 
Hmm. Who is the most underrated player? Fred Van Vliet. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Brent Williams? Yes. Oh, he went to my school. I agree with that one. I, I like that one. Yeah. Brent Williams is too overrated. Too overrated. Um, right now. Overall, <laughs> that's that's hard to think about when it's like I don't. That's that's a hard one to think about because you have to think about their like. Is it bad to say Draymond? I honestly agree with that. I would say, I would say Draymond. Yeah, I agree with that too. Because he's a little bit too one dimensional. I feel like as a. Yeah, I feel like he's really good and he performed his role perfectly on the Warriors, but it's not like he's like like if you put him on another. T- I feel like I, I would love to see him on another team. I want to see what he he would be like on a team where he's not he doesn't have to worry about being a scoring threat. Exactly, and I mean especially when he had, when he's making passes to two of the greatest shooters of all time, he's able to set them up and they're really good off ball moves. I feel like his job. I mean, he's a very good player. He's elite defender. Play, he's a good playmaker, a good rebounder, but like I don't think he's I think he definitely benefited a lot from being in the Warriors system. So I, I agree with that one. Um who's an overhated player? I think Zion. Yeah, I, mean, I that could be one, but like I don't know. I feel like he's still because everyone calls Zion fat, but like he could actually be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he's worked on it. I think he'll be back. He has worked on it. Um, okay, I, I, I'm guilty of calling Zion fat. Now, now I'm doing commercials, but but still. Overhated players. I mean, ever since, I mean, I mean, I mean, people don't really think about it, but like guys like who are like the best in the game right now, like LeBron and Steph, like they're like they're probably hated more than like those guys that we think are really hated because it's just like so many people follow them that there's like yeah. Whole, yeah. I mean, just in general. I'm trying to think of a player who's like taken for granted, kind of. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I can't think of too many players other than like, you know, Patrick Beverly that's like constantly in the media as someone who just like, you know, <laughs> but I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Honestly, honestly, for me, it's Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah, he has, he's had a bad season with the Lakers, but like before, and, and obviously the last few years with the Thunder were disappointing, but like, with the Wizards, he brought them from like the 11th seed back into the playoffs in the last stretch of the season. Played an absolutely insane stretch of games. Um, he's always been an elite player. When like people, I feel like people just take him for granted. Like, oh yeah, the triple doubles. You just had another triple double. But like, he's he's really good at what he does. And when he gets a triple double, he's usually winning. So I think I think he's just taken for good. Like he's he's hated. Like yes, he's not someone I really would want to have on the Lakers or want to have my team right now just because of his contract. But he's definitely um, – he's won an NBA MVP. He's had so many historical seasons, so many records, and I think he's just, like, kind of dismissed because of what he's done recently. So, personally, it's Westbrook, honestly. Yeah. Um, final question. MJ or LeBron, who's your guy? I mean, you got to contrast growing up with and like growing up with LeBron versus just like the overall status of like MJ. I mean, just uh, the biggest taste of MJ I got was during that documentary. But like 
gosh, I don't know. I mean, I would think MJ's mine. Uh-huh. I think yeah. that MJ's, I don't know. It's like when you think of Michael Jordan, that's kind of the first thing that always comes to mind when you think of basketball, kind of. He's like the epitome of kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Take that acreage. <laughs> I, I know you think of I agree. I agree. Like the 90s <laughs> were like perfect for him because he had a shoe brand. He had the TV, cable TV was at its prime. Um, the NBA just started going global. Like it all culminated perfectly for him and he was winning. So he became the face of the league and like basically the face of a generation. I mean, you see the P popular as the Bulls as a whole, and you still see the Bulls. Like I walked into a Foot Locker, and of course, like it's around here, so you're going to be seeing like you know Knicks stuff, and you still see Bulls. Like the Bulls logo kind of was popularized, but like it's it's everywhere kind of because of him. I feel like, and people yeah. wear that Jordan twenty three. I mean, the Jordan twenty three is kind of like you know I saw that in. It's, it's like basic streetwear at this point nowadays. It's just wearing that 23, that like even the UNC Chapel Hill 23. It's kind of like, you know, his kind of brand has also become kind of like, you know, lifestyle more so than uh, along with, you know, a, a way to like a basketball player to emulate and a style to emulate. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I, agree, I agree that MJ, like his legacy and his, I guess, just kind of like, atmosphere around him is just like not matched by anybody else in the sport and yesterday i was like kind of looking at like mj stats just because i was curious like especially in his last years and actually although he was old and he wasn't really known for the wizards like being on the wizards because he was on the wizard on the wizards his like last like two years like he actually averaged like 23 points per game those last two years so that was actually good considering that he was like oh nobody really you know, knew him that well anymore. I mean, everyone knew it because he's Michael Jordan, but, like, he wasn't, like, one of the best guys at that time. Yeah. Do you think there's anybody more iconic, like, for their sport than Michael? Uh, like Maradona? Yeah. I mean, maybe, like, like or Maradona. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo also are kind of... Messi yeah. and Ronaldo. Like, if you go to other parts of the world, it's like, you know, you're not going to see, like, a whole lot of people wearing, you know... Michael Jordan. Ronaldo seven like here but yeah. like you go to even Portugal you know it's like a religion for them so yeah sure I don't yeah I mean I guess maybe for I'll say for American sports because I feel like like soccer just blows everything else out of a purple uh, yeah know. yeah like soccer is that like football like Tom Brady like tennis like Federer or something and like baseball like I think Jordan's more iconic than Tom Brady. Who? Yeah. No, I would say so. Because, like, that whole TV 12 brands, like, if you want to think about the old, like, I don't know. It's like, that's still, mm, Yeah. Like, okay. You know. Uh, I don't know, Gretzky? No, I think think Michael Jordan's still. Yeah, I think Michael Jordan still takes, in terms of American athletes, he still takes the cake by far. I think it's the main, the main, like, huge thing is the fact, like, like, the, I guess, all the merchandise around the bas- like basketball, and specifically him, is like so much easier to purchase. I would say, or like, it's so just like I don't, I don't really. You're not gonna go out and buy like stuff from like Tom Brady's brand. Um, yeah, like it's, it's, pretty like, it's pretty lame. <laughs> like he's such a vanilla, vanilla dude, and every like the Jordans have become. He's collabed with everybody and their mother, and you can find 
you know, Jordan ones with Travis Scott. He appeals to all this generation still. Yeah, like Michael Jordan, like like my all the Michael Jordan has his own shoe, which like the thing that the difference between like Michael Jordan and like those other icons that like Michael Jordan is not just known on the court. He has, you know, Jordan, but it's not just it's not just like shoes, like I mean it's it's all type of apparel, all types yeah, of apparel. Man. Jump, man. Yeah. And then shoes, like like you said, like he collaborates with like guys who are like even like really popular, like Travis Scott these days. Like so he, He's, it's not like Michael Jordan's the old guy in the 90s. Like everyone still knows him because he collaborates with guys now. You know? And he's still the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So he's, old, he's still doing stuff that's like, he's still doing stuff in the league, even though he's retired. He may not be the best owner, but he's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up today. Um, thanks for coming on, Mitch. Uh, it was great. Of course. Uh, lots of debate. Um, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> but um, with that being said, guys, um, thanks for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe. Um, we're on the road to 10,000 subscribers. We're very close. So if you're not, if you're watching and you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. With that being said, we will see you guys next time.